Welcome to Bloombox Growing Deeper. I'm Sarah. I'm Hannah. And we're on a mission to help you become the gardener you want to be. Hi, gardeners. Welcome back for episode 27. We're going to go back to the landscape a little bit. We've been talking about uh, ways to be inside and and ways to enjoy our love of nature in the winter, but uh, it's it's almost spring. It's spring for us here at NSA. <laughs> We're already having spring affair planning meetings. You, no, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, we are into... April, May, June in in our brains. Yeah. However, we just experienced a statewide snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Wingen didn't get hit very hard, so. Wahoo. Wahoo didn't get hard, hit badly, but we got a beautiful snow. Right. But I did just meet with someone from Gothenburg, the city of Gothenburg, who mm-hmm. was saying they got some snow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've seen. But so we are sitting here with our tea. We are. Ready mm-hmm. to chat about this every time you say gothenburg <laughs> my brain immediately goes to batman gotham i know i know <laughs> even though it's so different i'm like oh what a fun place <laughs> it's it's i mean i like gotham yeah i like but it's town. not gotham um there's no batman does not live there to that the we best know of. of my knowledge but i don't know that you would know if he did well yeah you would because they put the sign up in the oh, sky right. So you know I guess there. you wouldn't know who he was no. in your town. Mm-mm. Yeah, you just gotta see if anybody sounds like they need a cough drop. Speaking of, did you guys ever figure out who the Grinch was in Wahoo? Oh, I'm sure that someone <laughs> knows. I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about it, yeah. but I'm sure that people know. <laughs> the Grinch visited Wahoo. He was seen walking up and down a few streets before Christmas. Did he steal anything? Um, I think he visited the elementary school cafeteria during lunch one day. Um, oh, I don't know if he made it out with anything or not. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I still reminisce about some cafeteria food. Oh, that chicken and noodle stuff they oh, put on potatoes. Right? That was my favorite. Like, and It I didn't could, even taste like anything. It's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Noodles on potatoes. That's so many carbs. Uh, right. Oh, man. But anyways, we digress. Back to the landscape. Back to the landscape. Um, we're going we're gonna to go back to some landscape topics in our next couple episodes because the time is coming. Sharpen your shovels. Planting season is only three months away. If you do nothing else, sharpen. <laughs> sharpen. Clean it if you want to, but sharpen them. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Um, this is my topic, so I suppose I should introduce it. That's right. I saw the meeting invite and I went, I don't know what she's talking yeah. about, so and I'll just show up. I kind of did this on purpose because this, this is a topic that is really interesting to me and I find really important, um, so I tend to over over-research it. And so I purposely kept Hannah a little bit in the dark so that she can keep me toned down to... Maybe an introductory level. It was easy to do because, as you've mentioned, I've been planning spring affair. <laughs> yeah, she's busy. <laughs> so um, I wanted to start with kind of a, a heavy quote, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, so it will be in the show notes. I'm just going to kind of synthesize it, and it's it's a strong opinion that a lack of public landscapes leads to a loss of a democratic and collaborative society. Um, because people feel less welcome to gather in public spaces, and that causes a lack of productive and safe free speech, leading our only interactions to be less <laughs> and maybe not what we would desire them to be. And that's a really big statement. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the research behind that, but then we're going to take it down to the neighborhood level, because that's where most of us are working. And usually what happens in landscape architecture is is people research at the city level, but we're all living at the neighborhood level. So um, we'll talk about some of the research behind why, uh, you know, public landscapes are such an important part of security in our cities, um, but also, you know, creating an actual community in the city. Yeah, I think looking less at security and more at um interactivity le- levels yeah. i guess is how yeah. i would how i would rather phrase it um 
Yeah, they may be researching and thinking security at the city level. In our neighborhoods, we're more thinking, um, how can we make interactions positive and enjoyable and, and just happen in the first place? Um, how can we all be outside in our neighborhoods and enjoying our spaces? Uh, and sometimes we can draw those conclusions from the big research that's being funded in other places. So, uh, yeah, and one of the other things that's it's both difficult to talk about but also frustrating is security around schools when we get pushed very hard um, from NSA supporters, as we should, to make sure that our students have plants around them at school to um, enjoy, to benefit their mental health, and then also to learn from. But on the other hand, we have people very concerned with the physical safety of those students. And uh, the research is that, that that doesn't mean no plants. Right. And I think it's less the safety of the students and more that schools tend to be a big old target to mm-hmm. people who want to make trouble. <laughs> so, yes, they do. I think you notice, like, anytime there's a, a school vandalism or something, it's in the middle of the night when they know m- most likely nobody's going to be there. And yeah, yeah. They just wanted to smash some windows or something. In a very visible place. Yeah. Yeah, somewhere they, they would get noticed. So um, we've got landscape architects. I if you I'll include the link if you... If you are nerdy like me and want to read this, an entire study done um, by a landscape architect in like Washington, D.C. and New York City, they're talking about like national security level use right. of landscapes. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about like pedestrians in our neighborhoods and our, our small town uh, business districts or our business improvement districts in our cities. Um, just you know traffic and how how street trees and street plantings can keep our drivers alert and safe and uh plants do so many things <laughs> yeah not they i think they just help to give people nonverbal guidance i guess yeah, is how yeah. i would put it like guidance without you even having to think about it you don't walk that way because there's a tree there right yeah, like yeah. so you're not cutting through traffic in that spot and meanwhile that tree is keeping people from driving too fast yeah. so it's just like without having to work too hard yes you've you've accomplished this two things two that you things. needed to happen and you've created habitat for wildlife and you've started to counter the urban heat island effect and you've increased the lifespan of your pavement by keeping the direct sun off of it and some kid might live next to that tree and now want to be an arborist like that's a lot of things for one tree to do mm-hmm. uh, they can though they're they're strong they're strong plants. They can do a lot of things. Yeah. So um, we'll start with the facts and then we'll talk about actions and, and maybe, you know, what we think of them. But um, some of the the focus with pedestrian safety, I was reading about how making sure our landscapes have some interest to them, some variability to them, um, and that they're pleasant places to be in naturally increases pedestrians alertness to their environment because there's something interesting to look at most people don't have their phone out reading their emails when they're walking past something else they want to look at but uh, i don't know if that's true well okay something (laughs) they want to look at i know quite a few people who walk with their phones out no matter what's around them that's true there could Uh, be aliens landing trying to get their attention so that they can give us the key to eternal life (laughs) they would be like no 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 i'm doing this thing my words with friends is is on a timer yeah uh i mean you're not gonna make everybody perfect (laughs) right but you know maybe we can make half of the people in an area pay attention better sure so at least they're not all walking into each other right we only need one person to get the eternal life from the alien secret <laughs> then we probably ignore the people sharing it like we're ignoring the people um anybody who needs trees for their community right now we've got a grant application open for trees for nebraska towns that we are here to plant trees in your community uh, pay attention <laughs> we're here it's so easy to help you guys you. Um, so easy application mm-hmm. don't be afraid 
anyway, that got off topic. But the idea of making sure that our public landscapes are interesting and, and pleasant places to be, um, if you think about just walking down row after row of the same uh, prefab house yeah. down a street with no trees and no landscape, mm-hmm. you're gonna, your mind gets bored. You're far more likely to be either off in your thoughts or on your phone or something. And, and now we have issues with people walking past driveways where a car's backing out. Not to mention I get lost. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell your way around. Um, so it, when there's something interesting to look at around us or when we want to engage with the landscape around us, we're naturally going to be more alert. And, and that can be kind of counterintuitive to the people who say, well, a street tree might block my view. Well, of what? Of what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe you have a great view. I, yeah. uh, sure. Then, but if it's just the house across the street, I don't need to see. Oh, them. I think I think people mean like traffic. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, okay, I see. Well, but, I do have one tree I would like removed yeah. for that reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it it doesn't like negate proper planning Mm -hmm. and proper selection but uh our minds are just more naturally if there is an obstacle to work around now we're working better on everything we're looking at if there's no obstacles we get kind of sure of ourselves complacent yes and uh i know i am always reminding myself to look on a certain street because I drive the same route through my smaller town every day. I never see anyone on that street. And so it could be really um, tempting to to not look both ways before I keep driving. Uh, but luckily, there's a really nice row of sycamores on that street that I'm always looking at. Like today, there was the most beautiful pattern of snow and ice crusted into their bark. And I was like, oh, how yeah. creepy would it be if I stopped to take a picture? Not creepy at all. Well, the snow plow was coming behind me. Oh, well, I thought they get might get kind of mad. So yeah. I did keep going. Yeah, the last thing you want is to be on your way to work and yeah. then get plowed into the side of the street. Some of these arguments don't work when you bring them to uh, groups of tree people and plant people who have a tendency to get too obsessed with looking at the plants. Well, you said it, not me. (laughs) It's true. It's fair. Uh, So, also, I've been working on some interesting projects in towns. I know Scott's Bluff was one of the first ones I remember being part of, but now Valentine's doing the same thing. They're creating what they call bump outs in the curbs. Mm, Love me a bump out. Mm -hmm. And these do a whole, they do a ton of different things. Essentially what it is, is on the street corner where you're, you have a stop sign, a pedestrian crossing, and you have diagonal parking on the road. They take out one of those parking spots and bump the curb out into the street. And so now we have, um, you know, especially if that's the first parking spot on this street now we have a little protection from traffic that didn't move over um we have you know extra attention being drawn to the stop light stop sign or light some of them are lights but also we've shortened the distance pedestrians have to cross the road and then it creates an actual amount of space to plant something Um, because a lot of times people want to beautify their downtowns but they were designed with no space for plants, so yeah. create some space. If you are in Lincoln, downtown Lincoln has these everywhere. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, I'm not sure what she's talking about, just picture. I'm going to share a picture because yeah. that's a really weird thing to describe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that. But I think once people see it, they'll be like, oh, yeah. those. I, I've yeah, seen, yeah, you've yeah. seen them. You definitely have seen them. And some communities just do the concrete bump. Mm-hmm. Um, but the ones that take it the step further and include some low perennial plantings and things, um, it's it becomes a spot to just kind of wake people up for a second. Like, oh, look, there's plants now, and I want to cross the street, so let me look both ways, which is what I should have always done. And some towns have even put, like, seating in there mm-hmm. and things, and it keeps people in that area. So especially if it's your business district, yeah, it makes them want to linger. Yeah. Um, Scott's Bluff's also a prime example of that, of, of actually sacrificing a little parking in their parking lots to take out concrete and put in trees. And um, it's pretty clear that those are the parking lots you want to park in. And, and cause people to gather there. And it's along their business improvement district. So, 
you know, personally, downtown Scotts Bluff in August, I would walk a block to park my car in the shade mm-hmm. of that tree. And now I've parked next to these local businesses that might spark my interest. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be working with a, a business improvement district in Grand Island here on some thoughts about what they could do in their little uh, median areas and things for that exact reason that landscapes cause people to, if not pause, slow down and and want to be where they might then think about entering a business. Then maybe next we can try to get the fairgrounds to add some more trees in Grand Island. Yeah. Because holy wow, does it get hot during the fair? <laughs> well, I went to the fair the day it rained, so oh, I don't okay. have that experience. Well, but a tree would have been too. excellent in the rain, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so any any thoughts on, on things that you've seen done well like that? I mean, let's, in like downtown areas and things, mm-hmm. um, any other places that that make you think, wow, they really used plants to make me want to be in their town? Honestly, uh, and this doesn't have to do with plants. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. But places that have plants and trees and also make it a pedestrian-only zone, I am all about getting cars to perimeters. I, in my reading for this, saw that the Alamo was planning to do that, Mm -hmm. Um, to try to, like, reclaim the district a little bit because it's been developed heavily and they have lost the historic atmosphere. Yeah. And if you're going to do that, trees become all the more important mm-hmm. because people are walking mm-hmm. further in those spaces. So they, you need to make sure they have shade. Yes. In the I summer. just, I am, my mind is boggled by how hard we have to work to convince people that trees make places more pleasant. It's just so obvious to me. I mean, I, I don't it, want to walk down a downtown with no shade. It's because the detriments that trees can cause are more measurable. Yes. I think because you know how much it costs to fix a sidewalk that buckles mm-hmm. from a root. But that can be fixed by placing. And also sidewalks will buff buckle due to excessive heat and sun too sidewalks (laughs) so just buckle that's just a known fact yeah but yeah it is more measurable you get the bill from the arborist but Mm -hmm. you don't get the check from you know labeled increased business due to shaded streets you don't get that check in the mail oh my gosh that's a good marketing (laughs) ploy we should send not actual checks (laughs) like to pretend ones yeah (laughs) that would be here's how much the tree would pay you if if it could if it could it did it already you just didn't know right that it non-monetary came value yeah all right nobody steal that I'm sending it to Michelle <laughs> <laughs> um, okay so that's pedestrians mm-hmm. I mean also look at driving habits and a lot of places would like to encourage drivers to follow the speed limit. <laughs> I would like to point out <laughs> sure. that often it would help if they posted the speed limit more often uh-huh. in some places. But you could do that through all those flashy LED signs. You could plant a, a police car on every corner. Not or, in Lincoln. No, not in Lincoln. They don't have enough police. <laughs> <laughs> or you could plant street trees. Um, they're just, there's a ton of research into what um, types of environments cause in driving behavior. So do you think street trees... Let me try that again. So do you think street trees could solve our O Street racing problem? Because I complain to my city council member every month. I think (laughs) everyone does. Um, I mean, people have died in the last year from illegal racing. Maybe trees could help. I think trees could probably help. Or they might Um, hit them. I don't know. Well, yeah. I'm not going to say something that I wanted to say. (laughs) Um, Well, what would really help is if we, I think, this is controversial, everyone. You got to put some curves in O Street. Yeah. Got to make it curvier. (laughs) So that is a big part of the research. The longer and straighter Mm -hmm. and the less obstacles. And it can even be perceived obstacles. Yeah. The harder it is to mentally 
the harder it is to go slow, even if you know that you oh, should. Oh, sure. I mean, even somebody with the intention of following the speed limit has to actively work to stay at that speed where a few even perceived obstacles, in, and that's when you talk about the street tree canopy being close to the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not an obstacle to the driver, but it's a perceived obstacle and naturally causes you to infer that this is a slower area. Same as curves. Now, there will always be the people that couldn't not care less. They're yeah, going to drive sure. the speed they want to drive. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, straightness of the street and perceived obstacles around the street make a huge difference. But we see this is, I feel like, only news to the Midwest. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and the Great Plains. Yeah. Because, like, I go visit my sister in Little Rock. Arkansas has no problems growing trees. <laughs> yeah. They have to weed whack to get rid of these trees. I think some of it is, I mean, if you think about Arkansas's natural environment, when they built their highways, they cut down the forest. Right. When we built our highways, we planted trees. Did so, we? I mean, okay, some be, people did. Yeah, because in Arkansas, you drive on the highway, the interstate, mm-hmm. and there are trees almost up yeah. to the side. I mean, the shoulders, mm-hmm. wherever the asphalt ends is where the yeah. trees are. <laughs> where the trees are. And I swear they are like cutting vines off of stop signs yeah, once I a week. Yeah, I think they are. Like, because yeah. it's just things just grow and they grow almost year round. Yeah. Because it doesn't get super cold. It doesn't there. get super cold. We also do have things we need to follow. Because we are a fire risk state. Yeah. And that's a good um, point. Regardless of what I I would like around my house, I don't want my house to burn down. Sure. And so um, we do have to take into account things that Arkansas and uh, Vermont's another pretty state where the highways curve through the woods. Never been there. Um, those, they they have different risks than us to manage. Yeah. So we, we don't want we want to learn from other people but we don't want to like compare ourselves to being them but yeah yeah uh, and i'm not trying to say we could be exactly like arkansas (laughs) i mean we said we weren't gonna get into politics but (laughs) so but there's things to learn there's things i think we bring this up and people go you're crazy trees could never be next to a street i find yeah i just find that really interesting there's if you the only difference I can see in that is that we have to consider fire risk and we have to consider that every tree planted in that type of setting in Nebraska needs care to grow where in Arkansas they're fighting them off right so we do have to consider like the resources to establish a tree and the risks that we have that other people don't but a lot of the risks that get argued about are risks everyone has Mm -hmm. Uh, trees drop limbs it's part of life right um it'll happen anywhere Squirrel dropped walnuts can crack windshields. But you know what? So does corn falling off of a truck sometimes. As <laughs> so I do the kids standing at the side chucking stuff. Yeah, um, there's oh, risk I got into to a car life. accident that way. Really? Kids stood in the side of the road, tossed a stick in, and caused a eight car pile up. Yeah, with injuries. They ran real fast. I bet they did. Yeah, um, never caught them. Sorry, that was, <laughs> but. You know, and somebody would argue, and if they didn't have access to sticks, that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but maybe if there weren't, if there were trees there, they wouldn't have stood there and thrown sticks. I don't know. Right. I, yeah. You could, you could guess a lot yeah. of things. But um, I have totally lost our train of thought. Oh, we were talking about if on O Street. Yeah. I do think there is, so O Street, for anybody who's not in Lincoln, is four lanes. Some of it has a median down the middle and some doesn't. There's only four. Oh, no, there are places where it's six. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's four and six in different places. And basically, I don't go on it anywhere between 33rd and 84th after nine o'clock. I don't go on it unless there is no other physical street that will take me to the place I want to go mm-hmm. to the complete annoyance of my husband as I weave my <laughs> way through a neighborhood. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, partly because I got rear-ended on O Street due to somebody trying to make an illegal U-turn. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that works with the wider streets because there is a requirement for the closeness of the tree to you. And it's a highway. 
And it is technically a highway. But um, we already talked about trees being on highways. Yeah, but there's regulations. Oh, is there? For highways that are done by the state. So even if, I mean. Even if Lincoln wanted to. Right. Yeah. They would have to go through the state. I mean, the other thing is they built, like, as they expanded O Street, it's now so close to businesses on in some spots. So close no... to businesses, parking lots. Yeah, to be clear. Oh, <laughs> there's yeah. There's like one business. or two, one or two times. But, uh, but I think when you get to the wider roads, this can be less effective because there's some requirement for how close the tree is to you to have that effect. Oh, okay. So we're most we're talking more about neighborhood streets. Two birds, one stone. Put them in the middle. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's an option. I like that option. There's people that are really afraid of that option. There's a natural way to stop people from crossing over into oncoming traffic. <laughs> I don't know that you can stop that very effectively. Uh, I was me. Never mind. I can't say that. Um, but if you want a number, it's ten to twenty percent. A street, a tree-lined street, has an average. You know, two tree, two streets, same speed limit. More trees on one. One will be an average of 10 to 20% slower than the actual driver. Same setting, too, like yeah. neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Because I was wondering if there's a bias in, like, business districts tend to have less trees in neighborhoods and have more trees well, and people go slower in neighborhoods. I mean, there is. Neighborhoods do tend to have more trees. But I'm saying if you took the same, if you took okay. the same street in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. one end has trees, one end doesn't. Okay, um, I see. Because that it is what it is is an unconscious bias. Right. You are unconsciously driving slower, um, not driving slower because you know it's a neighborhood. Right. I wish more people drew, drove slower because they knew it was a neighborhood. <laughs> but um, I just got to keep planting trees, and eventually my road will be maybe 30 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your, people go fast yeah. on your street. Mm-hmm. We're downhill leaving downtown, so people oh, yeah. tend to go kind of fast down our road, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny because we live next door to the courthouse, and there's always a couple sheriffs right. around, so mm-hmm. I do find it interesting that people speed past our house. But why does this matter to Bloombox Gardeners? That's that's like big picture. That's like city planning, and I didn't intend to spend so much time on it. I wanted to talk about like how... Um, some of this this research or just knowledge or thought about landscapes trickles down to us as gardeners. Mm-hmm. And for me, it comes down to what um, what type of interactions I want to encourage in my yard and then in my in my neighborhood. I want my house to be somewhere where we like to be outside, um, and and that it is natural for us to unconsciously wish to be out in the garden. Um, I don't want to be trying to make myself want to be, I've never had to make myself want to be out there, (laughs) but I want other people visiting to think of my yard as a pleasant place to be. Uh, I would love it if people walking by felt that my, my front garden invited them to stop and say hi, Mm -hmm. um, or even just slow down for a minute or, um, Mm -hmm. and just maybe enjoy it without even noticing that they enjoyed it. And I can think about that um, when I plant, you know, I can think about if I'm planting stuff purely that we've talked about that, how in the backyard, I tend to plant things that I know I love and Mm -hmm. I don't care if anyone else loves. But in the front yard, I tend to plant things. uh, Obviously, I only plant things I love, but I also choose them with the eye that others will see them. Mm -hmm. I know in my, I haven't asked permission to share the story so I will not share a name or mm-hmm. identifiers but I have a neighbor who started with a bloom box mm-hmm. replacing lawn in their um, front yard area started with the hell strip mm-hmm. replaced it with a bloom box and since has like slowly been adding on added a tree added more um, native grasses and things and I was chatting with him one day and he goes you know the moment I put this in and I would stand at the window behind the curtain <laughs> so people would notice. And I saw that as people walked by, walked their dogs out with their kids, they slowed down in front of my house and went, oh, look at that little thing. Or they would touch the grass fluffy, yeah, you know, all of those things. So we, you'll just do it. 
I yeah, mean, <laughs> I love it. That's yeah. exactly what I want when people walk past their house. I don't mean that I want them to walk past our thing, house and say they should win Garden of the Year. Right. I don't care. Although I haven't won Garden of the Year yet, you and have. I'm a little upset about you it. You should. <laughs> uh, but I saw the gardens that have one, and I was like, I'm never going to win. <laughs> it's not my style. I'm not encouraging. I mean, if, if that's a goal of yours, yeah. go for it. But I'm not I'm not advocating for competitive front yard design. Um, I, Should we pitch Netflix? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, you can, I think that there's a difference between trying to impress your neighbors and trying to be community with your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And, and it, oh, what a beautiful way to say it. Okay, good. I was hoping that made sense. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really so i don't work to help people competitively gardening that's not keeping up with the joneses let me tell you Uh, but we can there there is a way to think about the other people around us without you know trying to be better just trying to make sure that what we do is welcoming to the people that we want to be around us and Mm -hmm. and that can be kind of a barrier when you know, we're we're talking to Bloombox gardeners. A lot of you are native plant gardeners, and there's been pushback mm-hmm. in the past uh, toward using native plants in any landscape, much less a public or front yard landscape. It's messy. And this is where legibility of the landscape is super important. Um, again, we can go back to a lot of that research about that landscape architects do about how to move people through public spaces. And what what legibility of the landscape means is that when we walk up to it, we're not we we know what we're looking at and we're not overwhelmed. I don't mean you're identifying a plant. I mean, you walk up and see where you're supposed to walk. You walk up and see where the edges are. Mm-hmm. You walk up and you see the showcase thing that's the centerpiece. Mm-hmm. Um And when we don't have legibility in our landscapes, it's overwhelming. Um, I don't like to see people say, I want to restore my front yard to native prairie. Because do you know what happened when people encountered native prairie for the first time? They were overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Uh, They Uh were confused by it. They were... um, called it a sea. Yeah. They didn't know what to think of it. And so design is just interpreting something so that we can understand and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So clean. this is a time for clean edges yes. around sidewalks. Yes. Got to keep those clean. Can I offer a slightly off the wall suggestion? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so I have another neighbor who has, I'm pretty sure is breaking a law or two, a uh, regulation with their, we all with their hell us. strip. <laughs> Just like it, the plants are much taller than I think is what's allowed, but mm-hmm. you know, my neighborhood doesn't care because they're pretty. Yeah. Like they look good yeah. and they're native and uh, I'm kind of in a hippy dippy neighborhood. But one of the things that they do that I think illustrates that it is not weeds, it's cared for, is like every week there's a different little. Um, toy display out there yeah i like, <laughs> so like i think you've told me about the, yeah them there's like dinosaurs hanging out and then the next week there's like a pirate raid happening <laughs> i love it <laughs> and it's just fun to walk by and see oh what did they set up this week and it communicates to people like we're out here all the time and we people, see it. it communicates to you that people belong in this landscape mm-hmm. and that's what design does whether you have a more natural style or you have a very formal style mm-hmm. you're saying people belong in this landscape right um, and you can say that in lots of different there's not one way to say that there's Mm-hmm. A different way to say that for as many gardeners as we have. Yeah. And in my hell strip, I have some landscape rocks, large rocks that I have planted around. And I have people leave decorated rocks in it. Oh, cute. On top. Yes. So I think just providing those little spaces mm-hmm. can yeah. be fun. Yeah. Uh, and that, it just goes so far when we're, especially if you're doing something a little different than your neighbor. Um I mean, you can tell we have a neighbor. They're not, well, it's just the realtor now. <laughs> right, <laughs> We did right. have a neighbor that uh, did not like to mow. The, the saga continues. The saga has been <laughs> continuing for a while. But, uh, I mean, it, 
they are my next door neighbor, but it changed my walking path because there were times that I could not get through their sidewalk. They have a sidewalk and you couldn't make it. Well, they, they had tree branches hanging over and sometimes, oh a couple gosh. times, their lawn grass got so tall it flopped into the sidewalk. And it was full of burrs, so I could have kicked it aside, but I didn't want to be covered in burrs. Right. That's an extreme example. Mm-hmm. But even if um, you just say you're using native plants and you like the prairie look, but you do it with no design and you do it with tall plants right up to the sidewalk edge, it's it can be colorful. It can be great habitat. It's not inviting in. It's it's excluding people from the landscape, and because mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to walk through. They it. don't want to walk through that. It's it's you can't see your way through. You can't see that you're wanted in it. Mm-hmm. And so, the only thing that that makes the difference between that landscape and another landscape using native plants is just intentionally making space for humans in it. Um, Add a little path. Yeah, tell them how you want them in mm-hmm. your garden. Uh, it's a whole nother conversation if you're trying to tell people you don't want them in your garden. I don't know that I'm going to be super (laughs) helpful with that. (laughs) Sure. I mean, that's what fences are for. Um, There is a whole whole nother topic in landscape architecture about how to cause people to not go places. Um, But you can do it. You can do it with design. I even think about like my parents' yard when when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and there was a picket fence to keep people from cutting across the lawn yeah. or things like that. But they set it back mm-hmm. from the sidewalk, like a few feet, and and landscaped in there to make it a welcoming space yeah. for people, as opposed to what I see a lot of now, which is just like as soon as the sidewalk, there's a fence, yeah. Like, that it's, that's mine. It's very um, off-putting. And not just that, it's kind of hard to take care of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But there is a whole nother... Um, I don't think it's as big of a deal in your personal landscape, but it should be mentioned that that sometimes in public spaces, the reason we've lost our public landscape or the reason it's become uninviting is because there were specific groups of people that that community wanted to exclude. And that's disappointing. It's detrimental to the entire community. Um, And maybe you were effective at removing those people, but often if you look at what they did, you were effective at removing all people. I think you should come out and say what you're trying to say. (laughs) Well, I think we need an example. Yeah. I mean, the example that was given in in a lot of it's different than the one you mentioned. And I'm hoping you'll mention your example. But um, the fear of homeless people Mm -hmm. in public landscapes. Unhoused. Sorry. That's fine. If I said the wrong thing, tell me. Yeah, it's unhoused. The the fear of those people spending time in our public landscapes um, has caused the design or or removal of them. And frankly, it makes it unwelcoming to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting bench features, the complete lack of, of moments in the landscape, places to pause and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. If you remove that out of fear for people you don't want there, you remove it for everyone. It's called hostile architecture. Mm-hmm. And there are... The loud music. The, like, yep. um Lincoln does this by their main bus route downtown. They play loud In, classical oh, music at night. Odd. Okay. To keep people from sleeping interesting. there. Interesting. Lincoln mm-hmm. has a very interesting relationship well, with those yeah. people. So we won't even go there. Yeah. Um and there that's not to discount like there have been the moments of of times when the landscape has created the opportunity for things like assault. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're talking about. A mm-hmm. properly designed public space can parking garages also lend that mm-hmm. opportunity it and doesn't we have, have it. to be the landscape yeah but it sh- we should talk about that a little bit because that's i mean the the community attitude toward those people is the reason that we lose a lot of our public um, spaces it's not necessarily the actions of those people it's the attitude of other people toward them mm-hmm. and i think i would include in that the historical choice to provide green spaces to certain groups of people and not others, Mm -hmm. which we see, especially in larger cities 
where predominantly black and brown communities will not have any green space, while predominantly white communities will have ample green space. And there's lots of people now working to reverse that, but Mm -hmm. the reversal is very difficult because in communities that were designed from the beginning to have a tree planted in them, Mm -hmm. space was given for that tree. And in communities where they designed them knowing they had no intention of planting a tree, we're talking about changing property lines and moving road edges. I mean, we're talking about like big changes to built infrastructure, not just switching out turf for a tree. And so there's neighborhoods where we have easy chances to make change with street trees. And we have neighborhoods that um, they need real large investments to even be able to plant a street tree. Mm -hmm. So how can the individual bloom boxer help? And, and impact some of these. Yeah. And I think some of those things are, are you in a community where there's not a lot of green space? Start with your own yard. I, that's I, what I was going to say first is I think um, I don't like to see people start. If, if you're going to start trying to make a change and your yard hasn't changed, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're in the... We're, Examine your purposes mm-hmm. because <laughs> do, you need to change your space first. And part of that is that that gives you the chance to learn and experience and then take that experience and expertise and offer it to your community. Not to mention, it'll probably draw people in who are interested mm-hmm. in the same thing and maybe will want to help you and take part of that change with you. And so now you found them without having to like post on Nextdoor or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> And, and it lets you experiment a little bit, you know, see mm-hmm. if the idea that you think will will create a change works. Um, and maybe even just start with, like, how to make yourself enjoy your yard, how to make your family comfortable in your yard. And then think about, well, do our neighbors feel comfortable joining us in our yard? Um, do our neighbors ask about why we did what we did? Do we see another neighbor down the street doing something similar, trying to mimic um, mm-hmm. our changes, and then expand from there? I think did we get reported to the police. Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> definitely help people through a lot of conversations. <laughs> um, you know, there is most larger communities have a wee board of some right. kind who is supposed to handle um, things like. Over plants over 30 inches in the right of way and unmaintained yards. But I have uh, helped people through the conversation who's just got the police called on them for having tall plants in their front yard. And that's Lola. just not really, <laughs> that's just really interesting no. to me that people think that way. But I do understand when we have large flopping plants, even if they're beautiful and cool, if they are making it difficult for people to see how to move through the neighborhood, that's a conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's the first place to start. Mm-hmm. Start with your own space. If you have done your own space and you're looking for the next step, um, I would look to the peop- anybody who's complimented you on your garden and, and start to form a relationship with them and and just think about the needs in your community and where... You could see improvement, but also think about what you're willing to keep that happening. Um, One of my least favorite calls to get is from community members who call and say, my town needs more flowers in their park or more trees on their streets. Can you make them do that? Um, oh, if no, I had but that button. you can, right. you can make that happen, but you have to be there willing to help do the planning, do the work and help maintain it. Can I say one other mm-hmm. thing about that too? Because the thing that just makes my mind want to explode is that then they say this street needs more trees. We're going to get, I don't know, 50 trees to plant on this street. And then they go and they do it. And that's great. That's a, and maybe I shouldn't be pushing against it. But can I highly suggest that you do it over two or three years oh, yes. or four years even so that your whole canopy is not the exact same age. <laughs> That's going to be a long-term problem. And I, yeah. I, I get it. You want trees right away, but maybe you could space them out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that's getting into the details, but it's great advice. <laughs> I know, but offer. I've been thinking about it a yeah. lot today. It is. Yes. Um, 
an easily forgotten part of diversity is age diversity. Mm-hmm. We sometimes we we do really well in species and color and form, but everyone forgets age diversity. That yeah, if you plant all your trees the same day, they're at gonna the mature at the same size and they're gonna fail at the same size. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be getting into the details Sorry, more. Guys. We can do, but this is this is growing deeper. We can mm-hmm. go into the details. I hope this is an episode that's interesting to at least one other listener out there. This is a topic that means a lot to me. And those of you who hear more about what my actual job is working with communities to plan some of these projects will understand why. But the um, wonderful work that Statewide Arboretum members and affiliates and uh, grant fund recipients do across Nebraska tree to boards. make tree boards, mm-hmm. our community foresters. Um, the the work that they are doing in our communities to make them enjoyable places to live goes unappreciated far too often. And citizens of the communities that benefit from that may not obviously notice that the work's being done, but they're going to notice the day it stops. And so... Uh, if if we just like created one community green space advocate from this podcast episode, then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Me too. Just a few trees yeah. makes all the difference. Just a couple here or there. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was some other timely um, topic that I intended to mention. We reminded them that we've got tree funds through Trees mm-hmm. for Nebraska Towns for public tree planting efforts in Nebraska communities. Um, We're very easy people to come to for funding. We will help you through the planning of a lot of that um, application. So if there's, if you have interest in that, um, we're starting the countdown to Bloombox, guys. We're under two months to sign up time. We we are going to make a fun announcement about Bloombox here in a couple weeks. What? what? That's yeah. a teaser, everyone. It is a teaser. So pay attention. It's fun for me. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a shakeup for some people. But I think it's a fun opportunity to grow our gardeners. I already f- I was in that meeting and I already <laughs> forgot what it was. To be fair, I was stressed, so I laid on the floor during that meeting, which is a stress technique that I stand by. <laughs> Hannah has a lot going on right now. Toby gave us all stress balls for Christmas. He Maybe did. you should be using your stress oh, ball. Oh, I am. <laughs> um, yeah, spring's coming and we've got exciting things happening, so pay attention. It's going to be so fun. Oh. Spring is the best. Spring is the best. Fall's better. It requires is- a lot of caffeine from our office. I bought us a coffee maker. I saw that. I don't drink coffee, <laughs> but I did get a soda stream for Christmas, so now I can make all the Diet Coke I need without any aluminum cans, mm-hmm. which makes me very happy. Yes. I I just was like, y'all, we need a coffee machine. <laughs> we, <laughs> coffee maker. we had one. It's just a little old. Yeah, yeah. And- Gunky. <laughs> yes. Anyways, you don't need the details on no, our coffee maker, but, but it's uh, uh, keeping us alive at this moment in time. Keep us in your thoughts because for <laughs> all of you, it's still winter and we just got a snow day last week. But for us, it may as well be April. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're excited to make spring fun for everyone. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. I can, I can, I'll get to the point where I'm more... <laughs> lively about it but it's I, funny I, I start out very lively at this point and then when it gets to spring it's not like I get unexcited but I get very get it done get it done get it done mm-hmm. and I hope that the things I'm doing mean spring is fun for our gardeners <laughs> <laughs> I don't know yeah. I I am very excited about this plant trailer that's coming my <gasps> way you will all be seeing pictures oh, of this plant yeah. trailer um no more loading plants and pickup trucks for me. And I won't get yelled at for dropping a cinder block on them anymore. <laughs> yeah. We don't like to haul plants to Western Nebraska with a cinder block on top of them. They lived, to they be did. fair. They did. You are right. And that proves <laughs> the viability of these plants. <laughs> but we don't advise it. No. We, we recommend not doing that. Shall we do our plant of the week? Oh, Yes. Let's do it. Okay. I don't know what mine is called. 
but I know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> I will uh, re. I didn't. I will relook at the picture long enough to identify the plant. Sure. But it is an evergreen tree of some species outside of Plant Science Hall. And mm-hmm. the day we're recording this, it's the 19th. So we just got like a snow and ice storm. And it's so pretty and covered in just ice. I mean, I'm sure the poor tree wishes it wasn't covered yeah. in ice, but it's just just beautiful mm-hmm. and i love i i am gonna post on instagram a gallery of photos of stuff with snow on them because that's one of my favorite things to take pictures of is stuff with snow on them because well, it's naturally beautiful it is and i just it really enjoyed my drive so in wahoo i'm like 30 minutes north of lincoln and we got straight up snow in wahoo but mm-hmm. lincoln just you guys pretty much got ice with like a tiny dusting once I got like five miles out of town, it was just this winter wonderland of trees and grasses sparkling in the sun. And I that I just loved that little drive into town this morning. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll stick with that line of thinking then, because I went out to clear a little bit of snow th- this afternoon when I went to let the dog out and just the beautiful like arch of my um little blue stem mm. covered in ice in it so it just like fell over a little bit and arched over another plant and it Aww. looks like it's just creating a little shelter for this other plant i'll keep you safe <laughs> yeah it was so <laughs> it's beautiful and cute, cute. so i'm gonna go Love with it. that one yeah Ice-covered plants are I just, fun. I could take pictures of them for hours. Mm-hmm. I was out with Silas this morning, and he wanted to make footprints, and I wanted to take pictures. and so We compromised both? and made footprints. <laughs> Is that how you compromise <laughs> with <Yep>. the toddler? <laughs> That's how you compromise with the toddler. That's my favorite. That reminds me of a joke where it's like, my wife wanted to get three dogs, and I wanted to get one, and so we compromised and got three. <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's that covers it for I this week. So. Hopefully you guys followed that. I think it was good conversation. And I'm proud of myself. I avoided all political talk, even though it popped into my head multiple times. So there yes. we go. I but um, this is like, this is a topic with lots to think about and discuss. And, mm-hmm. and there's some wrong ways to do things, but there's a thousand right ways. And so... Uh, share share your thoughts. Share things you've seen done well or or things that you've seen done poorly that you wish would change. And uh, we can we can talk about it. And if you would buy a yard sign that explains what's happening in your yard, let us know. Because I might, we could create one. We could. Your and, leave the leave signs it. people loved. Right. So we could create a little <laughs> thing. I don't know what it would say, yeah. but we'll get, we, we can figure it out. Yeah. I and I know other places have them. Yes, people have them. I think sometimes a little simple message can be very helpful. I would keep it simple. Mm-hmm. One of my other neighbors has one that is like a paragraph on a yard sign. Yeah, and you have to be right up those. next to it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll keep, <laughs> keep it like leave the leaves. But yeah. anyways, so thank you everybody for listening. Please don't forget to rate and review us wherever you are listening to this podcast. Uh, send us your questions. Send us your comments. We'd be happy to hear them. Bloombox and Bloombox Growing Deeper are both programs of the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. Mm-hmm.